From Brown Chaos Studios in Montana, this is special live broadcast of Presidential Election 2020 from News Nerds and Brown Cow Studios. I'm Ezra Graham. We had a very unsuccessful night last night with our live special coverage of the presidential election. To say quite plainly, it was a disaster. I forgot to turn my mic off and you could hear me helping people in the background as well as yelling things to nobody in particular. On this week's episode of News Nerds, a breakdown of the 2020 presidential election. Michigan was just called for Joe Biden. He needs six more electoral votes to win 270 electoral votes, the amount needed to win the presidency. This could all change when you listen to this. This was recorded at 430 Uh, mountain time and election results may change as we are broadcasting this. Thank you for joining us. Also on this week's episode you'll hear from voters in Montana and a person from RVAT, Republican Voters Against Trump, a very large organization working to persuade swing states to vote for Joe Biden this year. A group of Republicans who will not be voting for Donald Trump. Connor Metz is from RVAT, and I interviewed him earlier in October. You'll get to hear what he has to say about the 2020 presidential election. That and more on this week's episode of News Nerds. Metz is a lifelong Republican, and now he's working for the organization RVAT, Republican Voters Against Trump, and he joins me now. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Ezra. So can you tell me more about your job at Republican Voters Against Trump? What do you do there, and how did you start working at this organization? Sure. Well, I was working for a Republican senator before I came to here, and I switched jobs in early June. I started working for RVAT. Basically, what I do here is, I, I guess all of us on the team, we're a pretty small team. We all, we all do quite a few different you know, jobs, I guess. So I help sometimes with videos. Um, so people will submit videos to us talking about how they're Republican and how they can't vote for Trump this time around. And what I do is I will you know, edit the videos or transcribe them probably similar to how you do it for podcasts, I bet. And basically, um, you know, put these videos online, put them on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So that's part of what I do. I also help with outreach to different people um, for different, you know, projects we're doing. For example, we had some billboards. We put some billboards up actually across some different swing states. So I help, um, you know, coordinate projects like that. I help run the social media pages, the Twitter and the Facebook, just trying to get the word out that um, there's other Republicans out there that do not support the president. Um, that's an important thing is just showing, you know, because there's lots of Republicans out there that consider themselves Republican, but they just do not like the president and they are uncomfortable voting for him. And we're trying to show people that it's, uh, it's okay to be a Republican and to not vote for the president. In fact, it's sort of the Republican thing to do, I think. Yeah, so that's sort of, I, I guess we all do sort of a bunch of different tasks, but the common sort of objective is to basically get the word out to other people who are on the fence, um, sort of undecided Republicans, that it's okay to not vote for the president. It's okay to vote for Joe Biden. That's pretty much what we do. Republican Voters Against Trump is a fairly new organization. How did Republican Voters Against Trump originally start? 
Sure. Yeah. So we launched um, a basically in mid 2019, excuse me, mid 2020 was our official, official start. And um, we basically started by, we, we started with a hundred videos um, people had sent us. And once we had those videos, we sort of started the website, um, you know, started all our social media pages and um, we were off and running. And ever since then, you know, I think that was in May, I, I believe before I actually had joined the team. And ever since then, we've gotten, um, you know, tons of videos every day. We have just under a thousand now on our website. So that's, yeah, that's sort of how we started. Republican voters against Trump has been collecting the stories of conservative voters who will not be voting for Trump this uh, year and putting them into a video. How does the Republican Voters Against Trump organization find these people? And what are some of the stories that have stood out to you? Yeah, so people just send the videos in now. Um, you know, that people hear about us online and then they will go to our website and there's a way you can submit a video on our website. And that's really what happens. So people just sort of send them in on their own and then, you know, we'll email them back, say, hey, thanks for your video. And uh, we're going to put it online and, and such, such and such. And then we'll, we'll go and edit it and put it online. Um, so people just send them in on their own. There's not really too much work um, on our end for that. What are some of the issues that the voters have been particularly angry about and that the Trump administration has not handled very well? That's a good question. Yeah. So basically, a lot of the people are mad about his character. They think he's a bad person. They really, you know, they, they listen to things he says and they, they realize that he's just, you know, a bad human being. Honestly, that might be the most important one. Um, the co his handling of the coronavirus, um, you know, you mentioned that that's sort of how you, you know, when you started getting interested in, in watching the news and everything like that. Um, and I think that's actually very similar to a lot of Republicans. And, you know, they were sort of ignoring him before, you know, they didn't like him that much. They thought he was a jerk, but um, the, the economy was doing well and everything, you know, life was pretty normal generally. And now the coronavirus came and, you know, that, that basically made a bunch of people realize that um, his leadership is horrible, sort of, you know, proved it to them. So the coronavirus is, is pretty important as well. Some of the, the recent civil strife we've had in this country, you know, on issues surrounding race, um, you know, people see the president as intentionally being, um, you know, divisive and, and stoking the, you know, pouring gas on the flames. That's a common expression we hear. You know, basically, he doesn't, doesn't want to unify us. He just sort of wants to inflame everything. And that's another reason why a lot of people come our way. And then maybe the most broad or general one is that people don't think that he's actually conservative. People think that he... You know, spends a ton of money. Um, you know, he, he cut he cut taxes, but he spends a ton of money. Our deficit's huge. Um, he doesn't stand up for allies abroad um, and alliances. He doesn't care about alliances. That's you know another Republican thing. He's just immoral. Um, just the fact that you know he's had um, just the way he treats women and talks about women. It's just not becoming of a you know a gentleman. And a lot of Republicans consider you know the Republican Party to be the party of sort of civility and decorum, or you know being uh, being sort of upstanding people. So yeah, that's sort of generally why people don't like them, I think. The RVAT Association has put uh, lots of money into ads. How much money has RVAT poured into ads endorsing Joe Biden and showing some of the these uh, lifelong conservative voters who will not be voting for Trump this year? Sure. Yeah. So that's a good question. So by the end of this election, we'll have done um, just about $35 million, I think, of total ads across the country. So yeah, just, just under 40 million, probably between 35 and 40 million, best number I can give you. 
there's many swing states this year because of the very close election. How is RVAT working to influence voters in those states to vote mm -hmm. for Joe Biden? Yeah, so the ads that we're running, we're running really only in those swing states, actually. So we're focusing on, you know, Arizona, it's uh, Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Um, those are sort of the biggies. And we've also actually done some advertising in Texas as well, because that's becoming more of a swing state too. But the sort of the six that I mentioned are the main focus that we're doing. Um, so we're really targeting, you know, those battleground states because that's where the money matters the most. How has Republican voters against Trump seen COVID-19 um, influencing these voters um, that have shared their stories on the RVAT website? Yeah, so I, I, I guess I, I touched on that earlier. It basically, basically just, I mean, it, uh, before COVID, it was sort of easy to ignore how bad Trump was because, you know, day to day life in America for most people was, was pretty decent. I mean, the economy was doing well. It's true. Um, it's not really Trump's, you can't give Trump credit for that because he inherited a very good economy and, you know, growth has been the same since then. It's not like he did anything different. But yeah, we, the economy was going well. People were happy despite how horrible he was and how he attacked the rule of law and his foreign policy and things like that. You know, everyday life was pretty much unchanged. And then the coronavirus happened and, he, you know, he bungled it so bad he tried to downplay it and ignore it. And it spread out of control because of that. And now um, all of a sudden people were losing their jobs. You know, their family members were getting sick with it. You know, they, some people even knew folks who died. And you can't ignore that. You know, it's basically it became impossible to ignore. When President Trump fell sick with COVID-19, as well as Melania Trump and his son, what was the reaction from Republican voters against Trump? Yeah, well, we, we, you know, I, we all prayed for him. Those of us who are religious prayed for his recovery. You know, we don't rejoice in the fact that he got it. You know, no one, you know, even, even if we disagree with him, and, and frankly, I, I, really, I really don't like the guy. You know, I really hate him, um, honestly. And I, it's a strong word, but I really don't like him at all. Um, even then, I obviously wish for his recovery. I mean, no one deserves to to get sick and suffer physically with, you know, people we disagree with politically, we don't wish any harm on them, you know, in a physical sense. So we were just, we were just hoping they would get better. And, and basically we wanted to get better so that we can really beat, beat him in November and beat him soundly. Yeah. Just curious, what age range have you seen these voters to fall into? Um, sort of all over the place. You know, we got folks who are we have folks, we, the youngest person we've got is, I think, maybe like a 15-year-old who was not old enough to vote in any election. You know, we have people who voted for Trump for the first, you know, the first time they voted was for Trump in 2016. And then all the way up to, we've had, you know, people who are almost 100 years old who've been around since FDR, submit videos. Um, generally, people are probably like in their 50s if I had to average it, I guess. Yeah, but really all ages, um, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Connor Metz, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Ezra. That was awesome.
Elections are a significant source of stress, and recently a survey conducted by the American Psychological Association shows that about 70% of the respondents consider an election a stressful event. Bale Wright is the senior director of healthcare innovation from the American Psychological Association. She says the survey found that the majority of 77% are worried about the U.S.'s future, and 71% of the participants say this is the lowest point in the history of the United States that they can remember. Wright continues, "Panicking about politics is a bipartisan experience. It cuts across party lines." Where we can see the majority of Democrats, Republicans, and Independents reporting high levels of stress related to upcoming elections. Listener Barbara in Montana says her friends are some of these people stressed about, out about yesterday's election. They attended a Zoom meeting that would help them get over their stress. Other voters who talk to National Public Radio or Or NPR share a story like this. Jean Tassant belongs to the Fairfax County Republican Committee in Virginia. He says, "I'm concerned that the country needs healing because the climate is rather foul at times. We're all human, you know. We're really one human race. We should be way more unified than we are." Tassant says that he sometimes has a stomach tie-up when speaking or thinking about yesterday's election. Lynn Buffka also works for APA, and she says one major reason that the election is so stressful is the uncertainty about it, especially in a year with COVID-19, racial inequality protests, a very divided political spectrum, and your usual schedule interrupted by all of the of the above. This election results may not be in until who knows when. Buffka says, "To prepare for delayed results, if you will be so stressed that you'll want to tune out the election results, plan for the possibility of weeks of waiting. Read, take a walk, or play a game with a family member." The survey also found that the majority of Americans also can remain hopeful during a stressful election. Back to Desant, he says that the Thursday's debate was very civil. It wasn't ugly, and sometimes during the discourse we could see these two leaders. He means Biden and Trump, actually communicating with each other. Remember, there's always hope, and it's perhaps one of the best times to remember this. Now let's go to my interview with Steve Box. He is a Republican in Montana, and he is voting for Donald Trump and Mike Pence, as well as the Republicans in Montana. So, why did you decide to、uh, lean Demo- I mean, Republican?、Uh, and how did you originally become a Republican? Uh, first time that I got to vote was back in 1984, and Ronald Reagan was running. And I went to my parents and asked them, "Are we Democrats or Republicans?" And my dad said he was a Republican, and my mom said that she was a Democrat. And they told me to go research the candidates and figure out what I wanted to do for myself. So I researched the two candidates, and I really like Ronald Reagan. And I voted for Ronald Reagan the first time, and that's how I became a Republican. And I guess I've been a Republican since then. 
Um, with Donald Trump, how did I choose Donald Trump? Um, when four years ago, when Hillary Clinton was running, um, I didn't like her at all. I didn't like the policies that she stood for. Um, I didn't like I, I didn't like the corruption and a lot of the things that was going on with her back then. Um, Donald Trump became the candidate. I had originally wanted to vote for Ted Cruz, um, mm -hmm. which who I voted for in the primaries, but Ronald Reagan or I'm sorry. Uh, Trump. Trump. He became the presidential nominee, so it was basically a no-brainer. It was either Trump, who was talking about the, the issues and the policies that I believed in, um, but I wasn't really sure about how he was going to proceed forward with those. I voted for Trump. He got elected. And over the last four years, I've seen the things that he's done, the policies that he's pursued, and the way that he's handled himself in office. And I totally agree with everything that he's doing. Uh, what are the issues that you don't agree with um, from Joe Biden? Um, I don't believe in abortion. Uh, I'm a Christian, and I believe abortion is absolutely wrong. Um, life begins at conception. Uh, they run on a heavy, heavy uh, abortion under all circumstances and for any reason, and I don't agree with that. Um, I don't believe in the socialist policies that they're that they're pursuing, uh, health or socialized medicine. Um, I don't believe in the corruption that's going on. Uh, there's so much corruption in Washington D.C. right now. It's it's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, things that have been coming out with the Biden family mm -hmm. and the pay-to-play things that they're doing, his sons over in Ukraine making millions of dollars. This is a guy that has no business skills whatsoever, and they're paying him millions of dollars, $5 million, not for what he knows in the, his business sense, but they're paying him this money for access to his father. Um, I mean, the things, that, the, things that he's, the things that have been coming out in the news, the... I, I just think that the Democratic Party has become so entrenched that they're that they're they're ruining they're ruining the country that that we've known. Are you voting for the Republican candidates in Montana? Yes. Okay. Why? What issues do you think they're handling well? Um, I think. Uh, Greg Gianforte's done a really good job in the House. I think he's, he's stood up for the policies that, that uh, Montanans are, have always backed. Gun rights, um, hunting access, um, the land values, water rights. Um, he stood up against the socialized medicine. He stood up against the Obamacare, which I think was an absolute travesty that we ended up with. Uh, Steve Dane, same way. He, he's he's been in Congress for the last couple years. He's done very very well. He's he's pushed the um, the land uh, issues uh, at land access. He's turned a lot of areas into public access for land, and and he's done exactly what we put him in office to do. Okay, thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome.
Now let's go to my interview with Patty Gunderson. She is a Democrat in Montana. She is voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrats in Montana. What made you decide to support the Democratic Party in the first place? Um, I'm from uh, Great Falls. And uh, when I was in, in um, my formative years, my father was a union and my mother works in a dry cleaning. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, by the people. Mm -hmm. And I always felt that the Democrats are for the people and the Republicans or the conservatives are for the businesses. So I stayed with the Democrat side. And why do you like Steve Bullock and the candidates running now for the Democratic seats uh, in Montana? I like to look at what Mr. Bullock has done for our state. He managed to get Medicare expansion passed, and uh, that was really difficult to do. What he did was he reached across the aisle. He got, I believe the guy's name was Buttery, uh, Butter or Butterick from Great Falls to help him do the legislation so that they could get the conservatives to pass it. And it was pretty, uh, that was really hard for, to be done in this state because Montana is so conservative. Are you supporting Joe Biden this year for the presidential election? Yes, yes, and Kamala Harris, yes. What are the issues that you like? Well, he doesn't lie. Right. And he supports science. He supports climate warming. You know, that, that it is happening, and you can see here in Montana that it is happening, you know, and uh, he supports um, solar and wind, and uh, we've lost, Montana's cold. You know, that's one of our big things we, we try to live on here, but the bottom's dropped out of the coal market. We don't need coal, but we certainly have a lot of solar and a lot of wind, and I think, you know, we could get that developed. And, and like I said before, it's, it's for the people. Uh, in the coronavirus pandemic, what are the messages you've liked from the candidates that you're well, choosing? Well, uh, the candidate that I'm following, which is, is the Biden, is science. Science says this is what we should have done. When we locked down for, for the two months that we locked down, we didn't lock down enough. You know, we, we let a lot of places stay open that we really should have, have made close. And that's how Canada's ahead of us. They're only at like a 37% mm. because they shut, really shut down. Right. And they have the border closed to us right now. They can come into the U.S. and go back across. But we can't go over there because our numbers are too high. Right. They've done so, very, and, very and Biden will stay with that. He'll, you know, he's going to lead us through this. That's what we need, a strong leader. And we haven't had that. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. That's it for this week's episode of News Nerds. Thank you so much for joining me on this November 4th. I just want to note that if you are listening to this, things may have changed on the 2020 election. We are using the Associated Press's data and none other 
no other data. Thank you so much to my guests on this week's episode. Steve Box is a Republican. He is voting for Trump and the Republicans in Montana. He joined me on this episode. And Patty Gunderson is a Democrat in Montana. She is voting for Biden and the Democrats in Montana. We are we were also joined by Connor Metz. He was a lifelong Republican and he is from RVAT Republican Voters Against Trump. You can find RVAT at rvat.org. Thank you so much to Susan Wadsworth, who played her Native American flutes on this week's episode of News Nerds. I have a couple of thank yous for uh, this election day, or should I say day after News Nerds edition. Um, Our electoral winner is called Jackpot, our hoax and a hinder specialist is Joe King. Our Democrat manager is Don Key. Our Republican manager is L. E. Funt. Our 2020 election manager is Chaos. Thank you so much to all that helped on this week's episode. And I'm Ezra Graham. You will find a new episode of News Nerds every Wednesday on our website, newsnerdshost.wixsite.com/podcast.